Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. that time jersey training camp is just around the corner and man i'm just excited to have sports back because with no nba finals this year they just stopped playing those games after the conference finals which i thought was weird but they did it um the kansas city royals are no longer playing baseball they just sort of stopped because we all stopped watching uh really guys you know the fact that we're just all chiefs all the time around here really really is a good thing that it's, it's just around the corner Hey, Josh, can you hang on one second while Nate and I sidebar on something? Just cover your ears. Yeah, yeah, um, I'll take out my headphones. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Nate, should I tell him? Or, I mean, I'd really like to, actually. Uh, it's a beautiful um, day in the neighborhood. You, you know, this is concerning behavior, be but I think mine. we can help him. But it, it's just got to be delivered delicately. Yeah, re- reality is where we live, and uh, so does okay. the show. So, All right, ahead, so I'll, I'll do it very, very delicately. Hey, Josh. Hey Josh. Sorry, what's up, man? Yeah, I took my headphones off. Josh, I just wanted to to you know just let you know that you know this is a safe place. Sure, we all care about you. We love you. And that's really. I think it's just really important that you know that Sons and Four is dead. The Royals suck, and you need to grow up and act like a man. How's that sound, huh? Why don't you just suck it up, buddy? Life is hard. And you need to understand that you cannot live in denial if you want to put one foot in front of the other and give it 110% every day. All right. Sorry, I just took my headphones off and put it back on again. What was that? (laughs) Hey, you know. Nate, how'd I do? To an NBA that didn't want Dirk Nowitzki to win in 2006, okay? Your team didn't lose <laughs> to, you know, a, a team that, you know, just ball movement you to death like the Spurs in 2014. Hey, you did, I mean, you didn't, you didn't lose when, like, somebody on your team went full John Starks and just kept firing off bricks. I mean, See, this, these, are, these are helpful words of wisdom for me. And really, I think both of you guys kind of good cop, bad cop on this one, I really think are helping. Because, you know, what I've had to come to expect is that the Phoenix Suns were the best team in basketball this year that did not have an alien from outer space on their team. And, and now, that it, I can it, live I, with. And, and now you know how the San Francisco 49ers felt in yes! 2019. This, this, yes! Nice. See, kids were bringing it all home. Because last night, I was sitting on my couch <laughs> thinking about two people. Yes, one of them was Josh. And the fact that, like, I'm not texting this man. We are not going to text through it because he's a Suns fan. And the other person I thought of was my wife because she was, you know, looking at her phone. And I was like, hey. Like just being annoying. Are you, are you watching? <laughs> and, then, and then with like with with like two minutes ago, I looked at her and I was like, "We're gonna talk about this forever." So hey, you just <laughs> you just lost to a guy. We're we gonna talk about it forever. I mean, that's right. To be to be clear, folks, 
what Giannis Antetokounmpo just did last night was absurd. And I could literally say the same thing in early February of 2020 when Patrick Mahomes' knee went somewhere else. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You're right. He came into the knee injury. You're right. The knee injury into the championship is a two-person category. Yes. In the modern in the modern sports era. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, by the way. It's a two-person kids, category. Kids, start bending your knees differently, okay? That's what <laughs> it flexible. may take to win a championship. Holy cow. I... I think you 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 caught on to something there. The the alien theory. Yeah. Sports have fundamentally changed, I think, in the last I want to say decade, but may, it feels maybe even more recent. Mm. Like football, someone broached the question, and again, this is how we bring it all together, right? Mm-hmm. This is how it relates. Someone broached the question on Twitter the other day. Can you win it all? in football anymore and, and and like consistently contend without an alien at quarterback, not just a good quarterback, but an mm-hmm. alien. And now mm-hmm. Tom Brady is not an alien the way like Patrick Mahomes is an alien, but Tom Brady's an alien. Yeah. He's yes. 43 yes. last yes. year. Yeah. He's, he, he's not even human. Yeah. He's, 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 he's inhuman. He's you either need an alien or a vampire <laughs> and, and, I'll leave it to the imagination which yeah. one Tom Brady is. Let's I'm kidding. He's clearly a vampire. Clearly a but, vampire. <laughs> I mean, he's ageless. And that kind of applies in some ways, I think, you know, to the NBA. When you look at the current layout of the league, what do you do when you've got very, 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 very good players? The Suns are a really good team based mm-hmm. on the the little that I watch, but they didn't, they just even their best players. Then you look at Giannis, you're like, well. Why do they have the junior high guys playing with the senior? <laughs> right. Like that doesn't seem fair. Right. And it just it it just makes you curious about an, a new era that we're reaching. Um baseball, same thing. You've got a guy pitching and hitting home runs. No one's done it since Babe Ruth, guys. And even, and even Babe Ruth did that. He pitched for like the first like 6 years of his career and then he went and hit Right. And doing he, the both he, at the same time. And he complained that it was too hard to do yeah. both. The the greatest, yeah. the undisputed greatest ball player in history complained it was too hard. Now, to be fair, that's probably because Babe Ruth was going to bed at 4 a.m. every single <laughs> night right. and did literally nothing to take care of himself. So, you know, that was probably a bummer, but it's too hard for him. So, I mean, baseball has that going on. Um, you, you've got that with the NBA obviously like do you need nailing and in football i'd argue it's true as well as we as we look at teams that could potentially challenge the chiefs this year you you look at like the browns are everyone's favorite right now right Mm -hmm. um and the problem for them is that baker mayfield is a good quarterback right that is their problem that's their that's their problem Problem. because (laughs) he's not he not we have we have scientifically tested this man and um (laughs) yeah he's not an alien he is not an alien. He is a human being. And that's problematic whether you go against. That doesn't mean you can never win, right? Sure. Especially in a one-off like football. I don't know what teams are going to do with basketball where it's it's a seven-game series. Uh, I If the Chiefs, if football were decided in a seven-game series, which would be hilarious because it would take like two months for a series to go, <laughs> that would be amazing. And I'd be, I would totally be here for it if they turned the Super Bowl into a three-game playoff. Yeah, best of three best of three would be kind of fun. I could get down with that. And, and I think Andy Reid would wreck some fools with that. Oh, but yeah. It would be good for the a, Chiefs. Absolutely. Yeah, every, 
anyone but Belichick. I wouldn't want to see Belichick in a best of three series. Like, whew. anyway, it, it, with basketball, you, you, you've got to really be the better team for the most part because of that. Whereas in football, there's so many variables, but to contend year in and year out, I don't think you can do it with a good quarterback anymore. And it used to be, I wonder, would we call it like, like the Alex Smith demarcation line? I think Kirk Cousins just has made so much money and has fooled so many people that I, I I was going to say Kirk Cousins, but Alex Smith is on demarcation. I don't, I don't mind. Alex Smith has been to a championship game and has won multiple playoff games. None of which he has. That's true. Like, like, I'm sorry, folks. I love Kirk Cousins. Well, but I kind of don't because any like I draw the line at Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I don't, yeah. Like I just I'm sorry, Kurt. Like if you hear this, like I'm sorry. I guess I guess you're my Troy Aikman, but like I just <laughs> no no just no. Okay, like my man Jimmy Garoppolo only had to pass the ball like how many times? Like what were you yeah. doing? Like come on, I mean, come on, <laughs> Kirk Cousins is here. And now hey now he hey. We are raising a banner for Kirk Cousins in a completely different manner because that man got all his money guaranteed, okay? So, again, love you, Kurt, but, like, that's kind of where my line is. Another thought I had, Josh, in relation to Seth's uh, idea here is give me Joe Flacco. Give me elite Joe Flacco with Hall of Fame Ed Reed, Hall of Fame uh, Ray Lewis. Like, yeah. Maybe that. Maybe that's, like, what's required. Well, and that, that's exactly what's required. And that's the um, argument for the Browns, too, right? Is that they, that they do have some defensive aliens, but like, right. I, I don't know if it matters. You got to have a dude that can put up 40, 40, and 50 in basketball. You got to have a quarterback that can erase a lead. Like, I, exactly. I think it, at least, again, not to win a single game. The Browns right. could absolutely win the Super Bowl this year. That is yeah. absolutely, if you sim this season 100 times, they're winning it a couple times, probably. But right. to be the team that's there, Four, five, six years in a row, you need Patrick Mahomes. Yes, yes, or Tom Brady, or Peyton Manning, or yeah. you know, but or Joe Montana. I mean, we can we can go all the way back. What one th- one thought? And um, Josh, this is when I knew we were all in trouble and that we were watching <laughs> something historic last night. And there are there are honestly going to be moments in the football season where, hey, maybe Patrick Mahomes goes up another level, which again, kind of terrifying. <laughs> DeAndre Ayton has been the best. Post defender in these playoffs yeah. all all year long, yeah. and when Giannis went left to right, spin move, scoop, layup with his right, I was like, you know what, kids? <laughs> it's it, been it's been a great summer spring, but yeah. I mean, he scored fifty. I mean, just yeah, and, his, and his knee went a different way than it should have went, and he won the championship. And it and like <laughs> from the moment from the moment it became clear in game two that hey. The Suns won. Wow, they really like pulled off this like impression of like Popovich's Spurs. But but it became clear in game two that Giannis was like, oh, I could just do anything. Like yeah. my, I I feel healthy and my knees right. I mean, right. It was essentially second quarter AFC Championship game of the 2019 season where he yep. was just like, oh, they could double team Kelsey. They could double team Tyreek. I mean. I still have answers. Like, yeah. It's just, yeah. What do you do? And there's, there's still something. I think the best example of it from a, a Chiefs perspective, um, obviously you've got all the playoff heroics. Um, I would argue that the Super Bowl contains examples, even this last one. 
and then people drop the ball. <laughs> but yeah. that's, I yeah. mean, yeah. Right. It's, that's still it's still hilarious to me. I'm 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 reviewing the film for the the best plays Mahomes made that didn't count. I think I might leave out the Super Bowl. No. Because it's so glaringly no, obvious that no. three of those don't plays you, don't you, were unbelievable. Don't you I could write an entire article about Darryl the best Williams. plays that didn't count in the Super Bowl. That's the thing. That's what I was thinking, Seth, is like you could just do another version that's just best plays that didn't count Super Bowl edition. And that's oh. a whole other article on the Chief of the North newsletter, MN Chiefs fan. <laughs> please, please subscribe. By the way, it's one of my favorite pieces annually of the year. It's just, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, I forgot yep, about that. Because right. it's, it's not recorded in the box score. And every time I go back and look at these games, if I'm not watching them in their entirety, which, by the way, kids, I stopped doing that around March. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> Like, I, I forget that, like, oh, that's not in the box score. So, therefore, I'd have to yeah. really watch the game all the way through. And what Seth does, he does it for you. And it's it's incredible because, um, you know, Patrick's an, a football alien. Yeah. He is. And it's worth watching. That's another reason why I might lean away from the Super Bowl. Because everyone remembers the three main ones. That's true. I, and, that's and a good point. I, like, I do remember I like, I like writing about stuff that people kind of missed in the moment. That's yeah. why I like, and maybe we'll get a chance to talk about it when I wrote about like Travis and, Kelsey and can't be covered. I and like somewhere Daryl Williams says, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was bad. Here's another interesting thing. But anyway, I like going into each thing. If we get a chance to talk about Freak Play Friday, by the way, yeah. for the first time ever, I recounted I, I every step that Travis Kelsey took in a route just to show the purpose of every step. And it's the most fun I've had doing this job in months. Just okay. on a side note. Well, we should we should carve a little time for that. Um, Cause basically here, here's sort of the deal. And thank you for uh, both of you for, for walking me through my sorrow and also for reminding me that the, the chiefs have the alien, even though my basketball team just merely has very good players. <laughs> so I, you know, I feel, I feel a little better and I'll, I'll wear my son's NBA finals hat without any reference to what the final point of the finals was with pride. Eventually, probably not today, but maybe sometime. Um, but I, I obviously want to look ahead to training camp a little bit with you guys because it's just around the corner. Nate, I, I imagine, are you up there this weekend? I'm going to be out there on Sunday. Oh, I, I, I heard this. Um, and I will be out there as well. I mean, we're Excellent. just gonna, we're going to hug it out and sweat together, my friend. <laughs> Dude, it is going to be. I saw some, some the star tweeted out some story about how it's like there's a 105 degree heat wave coming. And I just <laughs> I'm just going to be gross. Like, it's just that's just saying Joe is just going to be gross for a month. It's just as what it is. Hydration, y'all. Hydration. Oh. Just get them. Get those fluids in you. But yeah, you gotta, I mean, it, it all, it, you know, I think. Um, for our listeners. So the way it usually works is everything like the quarterbacks and rookies report on Friday, um, where we'll get to talk to Patrick Mahomes to start off the year. Um, then there's a couple rookie practices starting on Saturday. Obviously me and Josh are going to be out there Sunday. Uh, the veterans, i.e. the whole team will be together early next week. And then mid next week is when I believe, uh, and I need to double check this. Uh, I believe is when fans are going to be allowed to, uh, to to view full team practices, which will be really, really exciting. Um, but usually there's like a kind of a, of a nice little ramp up and uh, that all kicks off Friday slash uh, Saturday. So we'll, we'll look ahead to maybe some things that we want to see this weekend because we'll we'll do another episode sometime next week on a likelihood, but not another one before we get to camp. Uh, and and I also was going to try to get you the actual dates here on when fans are are able to show up. But my my Internet's not moving as quickly as I would like for it to, which is 
100% true 100% of the time, I guess. Um, <laughs> it's, it's okay. On, whiz- <laughs> on Wednesday. Yep, I, I just got to it. I just oh. I just got there. Uh, <laughs> go so ahead, go ahead, sir. You are season ticket member day. Season ticket member day is Wednesday the 28th. First day open to the public is the 29th, and there are a couple of $5 days. And then at this point also, you got to get your tickets online, and, and that re- those reservations open up on July 7th. So I don't know what's left in terms of getting sort of your reservations and whatnot, but first fan open practice is Thursday uh, the 29th. So about a week away from, from that. Um, but also, because we're still a little ways away from camp getting here, we should talk about the news thing that happened. Mercifully, the, the Chiefs had a news bulletin come down the line uh, right before we were doing a show, basically, after we'd already scheduled one, but before we recorded it. And uh, it's happening on the edge. And I'm really interested to hear what both of you guys have to think about this series of events. So Melvin Ingram, uh, obviously much discussed, much ballyhooed around the Chiefs, maybe ending up being the veteran that shows up in the other, the other uh, defensive end spot, perhaps opposite Frank Clark, whatever. Uh, he signs the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then not very long after, the, the next day on, on Tuesday, Alex Okafor, who I low-key kind of forgot was not on. I just sort of assumed he was a lion or something, honestly. Uh, but he was still in the free agent market, and he has his return for his third year with the Kansas City Chiefs. As we record right now, don't have anything on the price tag of uh, of Alex Okafor, but they they bring him back at a guy that's been in this defense the last couple of years. Um, I've got kind of some pros and cons thoughts, but I'll, I'll let you guys take it from here. Uh, Nate, will you tell me kind of what you thought as you were able to uh, to confirm that report, and now that you know that he's on the roster, and then afterwards, Seth, I'd love to know what you thought about Okafor's last couple of years in Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, in essence, uh, and I had written about this in a couple mailbags, the idea that, yes, the Chiefs were still going to be in the mix when it came to Melvin Gordon. Um, interestingly enough, I thought this happened sooner than I anticipated. Mm. So, you know, what I've been saying for, for months now, and I hope people understand this, is, you know, veterans of Melvin Ingram's caliber are like... <sighs> Let's talk about the logistics. I got to pack my stuff. I got to get <laughs> in a car, then probably get in a plane, get my stuff, get settled, and then then have these hot practices? For who? For what? Shout out to Ricky Waters. Um, anyway, the, <laughs> the thought process is, you know, guys want to stretch this as long as they physically can. Now, there are two thoughts. There are two thoughts of how you want to go about it, in essence, um, both from the player, the team, and including the agent. So this happened a little bit earlier than I thought because it's it's still before anybody has officially opened camp, although I think the Dallas Cowboys are always the first team that like, we're here, we're in Oxford, we're out here. Um, no one's practicing right now. So um, Melvin Ingram knew what the number that came from the Chiefs in March and it is his agent's job. I'm just telling you straight up. It's his agent's job to find a better deal. Mm. <laughs> uh, Pittsburgh Steelers are like, uh, whoa, that's right. We ain't got Bud Dupree. No, we need to. We need some pass rushers. Uh, get on the phone. <laughs> Who available? And it works out for Megan Ingram because I think this is a guaranteed situation where he knows I'm probably going to start. I don't think the Chiefs could have ever given Melvin Ingram that particular uh, distinction, especially in March. Obviously, things are different now. We've already discussed the Frank Clark situation. But uh, the job was to get a better deal. So 
it's roughly, and I think this was Jason Lockerford's report, that it was mm-hmm. one year, four million. Yeah. Um, so you could assume that's more than what the Chiefs were offering. And we can basically know that because <coughs> in terms of the caliber of player, uh, Alice Okafor is not Melvin Ingram, but Alice Okafor knows the roster. He is trusted. He is reliable. Parentheses, when healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so his deal is one year. I don't have the details of it yet. None of it's come out yet, but I, I imagine it's less than four years. Interesting note, ladies and gentlemen. Both of these players are represented by the same agent. Hmm. Therefore, the agent usually, and this usually is what happens, not all the time, but usually, the agent needs to get the better, the bigger name, whatever you want to call it. The person, the player who can command a bigger deal, they need to figure out their situation first. If that domino comes into play the way they imagine it, that immediately then turns that attention to the next player down the line, particularly if they're at the same position as is this case. So that's kind of how this all happened. The Chiefs, my understanding, had been in communication with Alec Okafor for a while. That partly is reason why, you know, we're not going to give you the most money, Melvin. And Melvin's like, okay, I play for the most money. So I understand both parties in all of this, or all parties, I should say, in all of this, but they are represented by the same agent who got one deal done, who was able to get the next deal done. It works out, I think, well for both players, honestly, with both organizations, because it was clear that Melvin Ingram really liked the idea of A, starting, and B, playing for a coach that he respects up in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alec Okafor, as I re- you know, reported on Twitter and in The Athletic yesterday, wanted to come back for the Chiefs, knows the system, um, and when he's been healthy, has been a contributor, which will eventually lead into Seth's point at this point in time. But but that's sort of how it all shook out. And uh, Seth, if I am wrong in any way, shape, or form, please let me know right now. But I, I think there are positives and negatives to bringing a player back right before camp who's been on the team for the last two years. I think it's – I mean, I'm good with it, you know. Oh, sorry. I should probably say more. <laughs> I, was, um, I was going to make you either. Here's your two options there, Seth. We're either keep talking or not get a point thrown to you for the remainder of this podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just watching uh, analytics Twitter and film Twitter destroy itself over Fred Warner's contract um, so that I'm just having way too much fun. I don't get so, paid to care about that contract, so I'm not going to. Oh, you know what? That's, that's not within wow. my realm of. I've got wow. too many things to care about. That's man. very MJ hey, of you. Hey, just, that is just, very that is very uh, Republicans buy sneakers too of you, my friend. No, I'm saying I'm <laughs> no, I'm saying I'm reserving my brain waves of like. I, I'm saying I do not have an opinion on Fred Warner because no one comes to me for an opinion on Fred Warner. Like I've got an Alex Okafor take that I'll give you in a second. A smaller overall impact July. on the NFL world, but better for the people that are listening to this show. Yeah, July twenty first, twenty twenty one. 12:27 p.m. the date and time we are recording Josh Briscoe has made a verbal agreement that he will not give his opinion unless asked and I'm holding <laughs> you to that for the rest of our lives I'm just picking my I'm, I'm just picking my spots is all I'm just picking you know my spots is it, I, you is, know, it a, is it is it a 2 year deal that's really a five-year deal or am I saying it's a five-year deal that's really a three-year deal <laughs> I I I just think it's fun watching people 
annihilate one another. Anyway, so <laughs> with Alex Okafor, I'm, I'm I'm fine with the signing. I would have preferred Ingram. I think he played better last year. Um, but I think Okafor went healthy, and this is the when healthy caveat, right? Because he struggled with injuries both years in Kansas City. That is something he struggled with a bit in New Orleans, except the year before the Chiefs brought him on. He's in for a much cheaper price than he was originally bought, brought for. He's a guy you can have out there. Won't be a weak spot. So far, he hasn't shown in Kansas City that he won't add a ton of juice to the pass rush, but he can. He, he's a high effort guy. It's just going to be a matter of health. Can yeah. he stay healthy? If he does, you know, you can get by with an average dude over there. It doesn't move the needle in terms of what you're counting on with the defense, with that front four pass rush, which in a lot of ways is. You know, it should be pretty good with Reed and Jones, regardless of what Clark does, but the ceiling really rises and falls with Frank Clark. And I don't think Okafor changes that in a way that Ingram, who's not a star at this point, Mm -hmm. but I think he's a better pass rusher. I think he moves the needle a little more there. So I'm good with it. I'm glad they brought him back. I would have preferred Ingram, but it's definitely good that they got someone that they trust who knows the system, who has shown when he's healthy, can contribute and do fine. The, the couple little things that I wanted to throw out there, some things that I tweeted yesterday, and, um, and it just I, these are not be all end all by any means. In fact, I, I agree that if you're going to say, hey, you could add one of these guys in a vacuum to, to add more of an impact uh, or maybe it's raised the ceiling as opposed to setting the floor. I, I would have also preferred Ingram over Okafor. Um, but also, I do think it's kind of interesting that Okafor, who has had a ton of injury issues, that is not this does not change that at all. He's played one more regular season game than Melvin Ingram over these last couple of years uh, and has one more sack also. And he had the there, I've got like pressure numbers Ingram had more pressures than Okafor did but Ingram played like 300 more defensive snaps I do not have pressure rate I don't have hit right there there are way better stats than the ones that I just gave so please don't use those as a BL end all argument for anything um but I I do think it's interesting that I with those guys can be kind of comparable in some of their pros and cons but I do Mm -hmm. agree that it would have felt like Ingram could have Ingram could have added something that is not in Okafor's toolbox necessarily um but I I, I have had a handful of questions about I'm going to I'm going to do the thing, everybody bingo, drinking game, whatever. Like it made me think about Bashad Braylon, too, yeah. to, to say, mm-hmm. hey, the Chiefs, the Chiefs went unknown quantity and, and a little bit cheaper, although overall with the draft pick, maybe not cheaper to bring in Mike Hughes and try that instead of going back with a known quantity in Bashad Braylon. This in this circumstance, they also go with a lower cap hit, almost certainly with Okafor. Um, and they go the other way, though. They go with the guy that they do know who didn't play all that impactfully, um, it, you know, last year for the most part, tons of injury issues and all of that. So I, I did find that very interesting that they were in on Ingram, like apparently until towards the end, like that was the report that it was the, the Chiefs and Steelers and Dolphins were all seriously interested. So obviously the Chiefs wanted to add somebody at edge. Okafor, I think, is a, is a pending the number, I suppose, Relatively difficult to get super like been out of shape about, but also very difficult to think it's going to be a, a needle mover one way or the other, I guess. Yeah. And, and you know, as I as I wrote in The Athletic, one number that jumped out to me, even with the injuries, because you can look at, you know, games played when it comes to Alec Okafor. I mean, he did. He has yet to play 40 percent of the snaps on the Chiefs defense yeah. in either season. Um so as I wrote, that should be a goal for him. Like, can you play 40 to 50% of the defensive snaps? Um, 
at a position that's like wildly important. Um, when I know the coaching staff with Steve Spagnuolo and Brendan Daly really um, want to get production out of that position, and yet Tano Passanio played more last season. So I think about that. And the other smaller part is financially, um, this gets really interesting. And I don't have a specific answer other than we all acknowledge that sometimes a player can sign a three-year, $18 million contract where you know, by and large, and that's what Okafor signed in 2019, that you may not get all 18. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's the best case scenario. You're on the team for three years. You pretty much earn most of the $18 million. One of the smaller things that I could not figure out last year, obviously we were going through the pandemic and the training camp was not in St. Joseph and you just weren't talking to the same level of people in and around and after practices was why did Okafor void his contract mm-hmm. to then become a free agent when everyone at that time either A, knew a season was going to happen, but B, with no fans, and C, the salary cap was going to be um, implicated. Mm-hmm. In essence, it was going to probably either stay flat or unfortunately fall to some degree. So, that was surprising because he's on the team for a third season, yet he never got to the end of the three year thirteen or the three year eighteen million dollar contract, and now he's playing that final year on a number much lower than that. We assume less than four. So um it, it's an interesting thought process uh as to gambling and betting on yourself, which we've all talked about before, the reasons behind that, and obviously the respect that comes from a player saying, Hey, I, I wanna do well this season and then maximize my earning potential in future years thereafter. Um, it, this did not work out for Alex Okafor in that regard. Um, but that's, that's something that was, that, that jumped out to me. Those are the two things that jumped out to me doing some, you know, some additional reporting and trying to figure out the, the overall thought process of how this all came together. Um, but look, is he insurance for taco Charlton? Sure. Is taco Charlton insurance for Alex Okafor? Sure. Is somebody going to play the defensive end position? I guess. But your rotation is Chris Jones, a little bit of Frank Clark, maybe a lot of Frank Clark. Who really knows? Uh, Taco Charlton, Alex Okafor, Mike Dana, maybe a smidge of Joshua Kando. Yeah, I was going to ask about kind of the rest of those guys, how you thought it impacted them. But I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, also, just a, a note that is not new, but just sort of interesting, is Alex Okafor has a $2 million dead cap hit for the Chiefs this yeah. year already. Yeah. Um, it's just year three of his signing bonus being stretched out. It was a $6 million signing bonus, so that was always going to be there. Um, but it's not, It's it's got, it's not quite Sammy Watkins, right? But like the structure and having a little dead money and having some injury issues and having some, some dancing around contract wise, it's a little Sammy Watkins esque, not, not directly, but sort of like that. Right. Um, and, if, and if you, and, if, and Josh, if you think that, and I don't know this for a fact, but if you, and this is speculation, but if you think that like, Hey, we come to you or you come to us player to team, team to player and say, Hey, uh, let's figure this out. Let's restructure it. Let's void out the last year knowing essentially what you just said, that there's going to be dead money involved, even though we all assume, again, the cap was not going to rise in the traditional manner. So that cap hit was going to be a larger percentage of that. But you get some 
creative cushion to bring in Le'Veon Bell? Hmm. How did that work? Was that good? I can't remember. I mean, because that's the real that's the real move they made. Yeah. And they were they were up against it all year because of obviously the maneuvering they had to do after the 2019 season. But in essence, the middle of the season, that's the move they did. Was like, yeah. hey, let's bring in Le'Veon for um I can't remember what his salary was. Like if it was a vet minimum stretched out or prorated or whatever they call it. But like I think it was a tiny bit I think it was a bit it was tiny, above that. I'll, tiny I'll be able more. to tell you in a yeah, second. Yeah, yeah. So but. again, and that's a sign of respect to Le'Veon and what he has done in his career and to again pursue him away from uh, who was it? The Dolphins at the time. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's these are all these things, but it's like, again, from the player side, yeah, yeah, from the team side, huh? Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it was about a, it was one year, one million for Bell, which I think ended up shrinking down to seven hundred and five thousand, according to Spot Track. Um, Seth, with all of that being said, does does that do anything for you in terms of those other defensive ends? Does that tell you anything about how the Chiefs feel about any of those guys or, or what you're expecting or hoping for from any of the the I mean, I was going to say the non Chris Jones, mm-hmm. non Frank Clark ends. But I think honestly, it could it could give them an excuse to put Chris Jones back in the middle for a few more snaps, too, if they wanted to, I guess. So what, what do you make of that? I guess I mean, if we're going to talk about it in terms of Chris Jones, I think. And, and we all have a tendency to see our priors in mm-hmm. everything that happens, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, this happens to confirm this thing that I already thought. But this happens to confirm a thing I already thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, it doesn't, obviously. It could mean nothing with regards to Jones. I, I remain curious at how much end he's going to actually play. My theory has been it's going to be a lot more than recent years, but still like maybe like 25%, give or take. If it were going to be more, I'm not sure why you need Alex Okafor because mm-hmm. Mike Dana is a, a perfectly good run stopping defensive end. Like mm-hmm. not, he's, he's pretty decent at it. Um, you know, Taco Charlton's a guy that you can maybe get a little pass rush juice from. And so if you've already got your primary quote unquote guy in Jones, what are you doing? Um, why would you need Okafor to come back now? Maybe they're concerned about Frank Clark. Um, I think his, his court date got kicked out to October. Yes. And so, I mean, if the league hasn't done anything yet, I don't think they're going to do anything now. Um, I think like gun charges without a victim, this is not a domestic violence thing. You know what I mean? Like, this is not like something that's going to get him like, oh, you're on indefinite, whatever. So that to me, it it says that maybe they're concerned about a long-term thing with Clark, but maybe it also just means that Jones at defensive end is going to be a fun change of pace, but not something they do every single snap. Or like even like fifty percent of the time, or seventy five percent of the time, because even if it was fifty percent of the time, I don't know why you need Okafor, right? Yeah. Um, depth is always good, of course, especially with a guy that you trust. But other than that, I mean, I think it doesn't tell us a ton we didn't already know. Um, Taco Charlton is a guy that flashed a little, but you know, didn't do a lot. Um, Dane is a guy that seems to have a clear ceiling um, due to some athletic limitations. I guess we'll see. Uh, maybe it tells me that maybe Tershawn Wharton won't be at defensive end and someone owes me an explanation. <laughs> like, it, also, it, it also it also screams out, hey, uh, we need we camp always need bodies. Like that's one of the things people always at camp. You need we need a body. Well, we know this body. And mm-hmm. I mean, we out here playing 17 games and um <sighs> did Frank Clark play all 16 last year? Because I think it was either he, I will double check this, but it might have been him and I think 
Tano played 15? But who can Ta- who can play Clark six? Played, Clark, Clark played 15 last regular season and only started 11, but appeared in 14 in 2019. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I mean, 17-game season, you're at an extra game. Guy knows the system. Um, I know. I guess Clark might have just sat week 17, by the way, last year. Now yeah, yeah, yeah. It, so. Yeah, so, but, but, yeah, so that gives... Again, that confirms what I confirm, whatever what I believed at the time. But at the but you know, like, all right, whatever happens with Frank happens with Frank. But at least you know or you assume or you have some safety to be like, well, one of these defensive ends is gonna play majority of the game. Other side, knee eh, body, 17 games. Um, ladies and gentlemen, yes. I know you get on your couch on Sunday or you show up at the stadium. Alec Okafor, uh, does help stabilize the locker room just because he's been there. He is a veteran. He is very smart, uh, eloquent when he talks. Love him. Love talking to him all the time. Um, and can you? Sorry, Nate. Can you get a good locker room presence for less than like thirty million dollars a year? Because I don't know that you can. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, it just there's more than what you see on Sundays. Is all I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I just thought that I thought the going rate for a good locker room presence was like thirty million dollars annually. <sighs> no Seth, more, tell me about no further. You, you, you wrote noble, noble listeners understand that I'm not saying anything, but I'm nope. shaking my head disapprovingly. That's fine. That and that that's should fine. be enough. Getting being publicly disowned by you uh, for the first time ever, I'm sure. Yeah, no, how will I handle this one? Uh, Seth, you have to bounce a little bit before we're going to wrap up here today. So I did want to give you a chance to kind of just pick of one of the things that, that you've written about that we haven't gotten to since the last episode. And we talked about Willie K. Jr. some. So I, I really think the main thing is the freak play Friday and, and you just talking about how good Travis Kelsey is. There was some other dumb list of, you know, George Kittle's number one and Travis Kelsey's number two and everyone gets really angry. Angry, and I always will take any opportunity for you to talk about Travis Kelsey. Um, I, I I love talking about Travis Kelsey, and I I will gladly do that. the The thing that I I opened it is with this article that is actually available for anyone on uh, on the Substack because I think people need to see this kind of stuff. Travis Kelsey is always open, and and the way I open, there's a few things I talk about that I think cannot be overstated, like things that I will go to the wall over with regards to the Chiefs. Um, Patrick Mahomes' intelligence is underrated. Now mm-hmm. that's starting to come around, so maybe that'll stop being one of my go to the mattresses issues because everyone else believes it. Jamal Charles belongs in the Hall of Fame, and I will prove anyone wrong who says otherwise, and they'll think that I didn't, but they'll be wrong. So who cares? <laughs> <laughs> the 2003 Chiefs win the Super Bowl if Mike Mislowski stays healthy. Wow. And they would. They would have. <laughs> wow. They would have. I can prove it, Nate. Get uh, back on the phone. Wow. I, I came out of nowhere out. And, and, like, my high school heart just exploded. Whoa. Yes. Big, big You're mass. telling me Mike Mislowski stopping Peyton Manning? Mike Mislowski, the defense with him was average. Once he got hurt, it and it really came did up, fall he, off a cliff. <laughs> it fell off a cliff because because their coordinator didn't know what he was doing. And I'm not even going to name names, but it's just is what it is. And Mislowski was out there telling dudes, you know, the stuff that we always talk about with Anthony Hitchens. Yes, yes. He, Hitchens, he was that Hitchens times a thousand. Than people like, realize. Look, yes. y'all, I know the DC just told you to do this. Don't don't do that. Do that. Stupid. No, no. <laughs> they are not. No, they are not running to the left. They are, in fact, passing the ball the other direction on a screen. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Do what I tell you to do. Right. And you see a delineation 
before he gets hurt and after they go from about a league average defense to one of the worst in history. And I think they stopped Manning once just one time. And I think Peyton Manning is the only person that goes shot for shot with that offense. Josh, you would have been approximately seven at the time. <laughs> Actually, I'm not even sure that's an exaggeration, but by uh, way, I would have been nine. Three. I think. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I, love. I know. Stuff's gotta go here. You've really never quickly. seen anything like that offense. Go ahead. But I mean, am I, I right? That offense was unstoppable. No, you're, you're right. It's one of the games that I think that people most forget when it comes to Peyton Manning's career is that, 2003 AFC Divisional game where it's just like, okay, Dante Hall went to Super Saiyan level. Um, Priest Holmes made one mistake. One Tony mistake. Gonzalez was open all day. Oh. And he still won. <laughs> I just can't, like, it's just one of those things was like, hey, what did you know? You were watching the Hall of Famer in the presence Ooh. of said Hall of Fame player. That was the game, kids. That was the game. That was they it. never that was punted. They never punted. They scored a billion points, and they would have kept scoring had the clock not run out. Yeah, no, that game would have ended a million to a million. So uh, anyway, if I, really quickly, I, I if I just course. really quick for the for just the, my timeline to to, um, to semi quote a uh, a great observation from my dear friend and colleague Rudy Salazar. I mostly know Mike Mislowski from his work in Monsters Inc. Oh, <laughs> Mike Krasowski. All right. I have that to go on about one minute. Oh, yeah. So I'll do Travis this. Kelsey. This is another thing that I go to the mattress on. Travis Kelsey is always Is the open. phrase said, go to the mattress? Isn't the phrase go to the mat? Go to the mattress sounds sexual. No, go to. Yeah, it does. Watch the Godfather, Josh. <laughs> Isn't it go to the oh mat? It's like wrestling. The, the mat is wrestling. The mattress does not sound like it's a different type of wrestling. Right I can't do this with you right now. So, <laughs> gosh. All right, take you Travis Kelsey so to the angry. I'm honest to God, afraid I'm going to hurt myself. And, so, and somewhere, <laughs> ladies are thinking, yes, go on. Take yeah, Travis take, Kelsey to take the Travis mattress. Take Travis Kelsey to the mattress. Go ahead. Yeah. You go to the mattresses, it means go to war. Okay. Go ahead. Good Lord. Anyway. Oh. Don't you have to leave soon? Travis Kelsey <laughs> is always open. Turn on any game. Throw on Game Pass. Pick a random snap. Travis Kelsey is probably open unless he's a decoy or something. Again, I said, wanted to write said, about that because said by women all across the country, Travis Kelsey is always open. Yes, in yeah. back to back yeah. weeks. If he wants, if he wants to start a relationship, I'm I'm open as well. Is what they're saying. I he's, muted he's, my mic so I wouldn't interrupt you for this, Seth. Nate did it. Just know that Nate I know, did that. I know. Muting I, my I mic blame again. You for the influence. Um, <laughs> Even though, by the way, the quick reporting fact. This man is in a relationship. Ladies, let him live his life. Yep, the way he wants ladies. to. Okay? He is with a lovely young lady. Let it play out. Just don't. You ain't got to get up all up, all up in people's business. But, but too, I've Sam. encouraged you otherwise. Yes. So, I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote about Travis Kelsey. You should check it out. One of my favorite things that I did. Um, back-to-back weeks. During the playoffs last year, he burned a pair of Pro Bowl corners, oh. one of them in just utterly humiliating fashion. And you should go check it out. And the thing to look at is I broke down each step of a route he ran against a Pro Bowl corner in Denzel Ward. And what you see is with his routes, every single step has a purpose. You hear crap like wasted steps all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And it's often just a buzzword people are using. It's like, oh, pad level. But with Travis Kelsey, you can see it in action what it means when someone doesn't waste steps. And he is one of the greatest route runners I've ever seen. So read about that. Uh, Nate, try to keep Josh in line. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I'm excited to talk with you guys soon.
Thank you, Seth. You can I, check out the newsletter. I love you, mnchiefsfan.substack.com you can follow him on twitter at real mnchiefsfan and uh and and i mean i guess you can just tweet you can just tweet about mike mislowski with him uh on twitter i'm sure he would i'm sure he would love that uh nate with that as a as an excuse for a jumping off point we got we got a good 10 or 15 minutes where we can chat about some stuff we're looking forward to uh in training camp right now i mean i know that we're going to beat every single storyline to absolute smithereens (laughs) over the course of the month but you know we'll be able to we'll be able to say, "Ooh, Creed Humphrey getting all the first team reps," as opposed mm-hmm. to saying, "I wonder if Creed Humphrey is going to get all the first team reps." Uh, right. So, so what what intrigues you right now? Like, what are you going to be driving to St. Joe looking for? Um, you know, Saturday or so, let's You know what? Let's start with the rookies and, and quarterbacks reporting uh, specifically with that group because again, we're, we're going to see them first over the weekend. What, what are you hoping to see from them? Yeah, I mean it's. <sighs> All right, be professional. Think of, don't think about insert player's name to the mattress. Okay, here we go. <laughs> um, I I am really fascinated by Nick Bolton and Creed Humphrey. Obviously, those are the first two guys taken in the draft. Um, now there are some scenarios where younger players entering their second year who did not get much playing time. Yes, I'm looking at you, Bo Peep Keys, mm-hmm. where they will report early to at least make it like seven oh seven. You know, right. something. Um, is so that, I'm, looking for I, that. I'm sorry if you don't know the answer to this. Is there like a CBA thing, like a playing time thing, or do you know? Yeah, how, you, like you, you can get an exception. Um, and it. Okay. it's it sometimes it's worked out between the player and the team, and then the PA sure. can get involved. But ultimately, cool. it's like if you're coming back from injury, if you're a second or third year guy, and you're trying to make you know the depth chart the way we mm-hmm. all envision, mm-hmm. um, you can sort of forego reporting on the veterans day and sometimes you know the coaches and the training staff kind of like that because it's less you know it's less it's a less person to get through when everybody shows up um and obviously you can start really seeing what the coaches want as they get ready for training camp so you know when that happens i'll report who's there who isn't over the weekend um you know but for patrick and 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 creed humphrey this is just more chances to build reps to build chemistry hey you know, we had some time off. I looked at the playbook. Now I want to ask you about this, Patrick. Or now I want to mm. ask you about that. Or, hey, let's look at this clip from one of the 11 on 11 team periods in minicamp. I was sort of confused here. Like, explain it to me. So there's chances for that kind of stuff to happen. Um, you know, one name that I think some fans have asked me about, and we're going to get some answers quickly, is DeAndre Baker. He did not mm. participate because of, obviously, the broken femur he had. Uh, in the regular season finale against the Chargers. Uh, when will he be participating? When will he, you know, show up? How will he look? And all of this is, is interesting. Um, I'm fascinated by just the cornerback position in general, just because of both of our feelings about Bashad Breeland, what that means for Mike Hughes, who, by the way, um, looked like he was on a new team in June. So, hey, mm-hmm. maybe, don't, maybe don't look like you're on a new team in August or mm-hmm. less or lesser of that. And look, that's understandable. I mean, <laughs> imagine, he was on a new team, but imagine being traded and being like, all right, y'all <laughs> go cover Tyree. He looks like he's <laughs> on a new team. Right. Um, so, uh, I, I, I think there's, I think there's, there's real chances for players to ascend. I know you want me to mention Trey Smith. I know, I, sir, I understand <laughs> that's what you want. I will give it to you when it is deemed relevant. Okay. Yeah. Um, same same with, you know, 
I'm just going to call him the white horse until otherwise, until until it is proven <laughs> differently. It, same with Noah Gray, the white horse. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. What, what do you think is, I, I guess my question to you is, because I think for even our listeners, these answers could go in a number of different places. What most intrigues you about the offense and most what intrigues you most about the defense going into camp? Because you could just about give any answer, and I would honestly yeah. believe you. Yeah, I think I really like the view on the offensive side of just like the rookies who are getting their second sort of experience with Patrick Mahomes because the OTAs and the mini camps and, and the rookie mini camps and all that were all very close together, really. And so I kind of thinking of that as like stage one of their first NFL preseason, offseason, whatever you get to get in. And, and if you have any if you have a, a nanosecond of being starstruck that you're snapping the ball to Patrick Mahomes or catching the ball from Patrick Mahomes or whatever, that's got to be gone come training camp. Yes. And with there being so many impactful guys, theoretically, theoretically impactful guys of Noah Gray and Cornell Powell catching passes from Patrick Mahomes as rookies. Uh, and then Creed Humphrey being the guy snapping the ball to him, the offensive line that gets kind of cobbled together in front of Mahomes for, for the first couple of days. Like, I, I really do think that we we have seen some long developing chemistry things with like McCole Hardman, who might be one of those answers for a veterans reporting section of the conversation too. Yep. Um, but we we've seen how how long that can take and how important it is that there is some amount of of chemistry amongst all these guys. So I think the fact that there's going to be a couple of days for Mahomes to he's not going to throw to Cornell Powell 80% of the time any other day of the of the week, right? Like, it's just going to be at the beginning with him and Gray. A chance to work with those guys directly, I think, is probably a good thing. Also, certainly Creed Humphrey. Um, defensively, I mean, again, we've we've pretty much, uh, as we say, fed the fed horse on on the, the cornerback position. And I, I guess I'll be interested to see if we get any sort of immediate pop from Josh Kando, I don't, or, or even, you know, this is something that has been more true in past years. I don't know if it'll be as true this year. I'd like to see how, how the defensive coaching staff works with the corners, especially the new guys with the, the defensive ends with Josh Kando, especially yep. just all of those new guys, because sometimes you can really see spags off to the side working on something. Sometimes you can see, but down in the, the, the lineman drills down in the, the bottom right corner from the tent, like you can, you can hear some things and see some things and really see where guys are being pushed. And so I'm, I'm always interested to, to see names that we know oftentimes being draft picks, how they get sort of treated throughout those processes. And, and if they give, a little blip on the radar, that would be nice. I also am going to try very hard to not overreact to things that we see from training camp because believe it or not, it's it's not quite the same thing as performing in a game. Yeah, it, it's not. And even for somebody like Yazir Durant, right? I mean, yeah. you were one of the guys that made the roster for the 2020 Chiefs. Can you do mm-hmm. it again? You know, yeah. um, it's, it's, a, it's a tough ask uh, to be uh, Ben Neiman. You know, there's usually maybe one or two of those guys that not only are undrafted and make the roster one year, but make it in year two, year three, and obviously continue on. Um, so can can Yasir Durant continue his development for the Chiefs to continue to invest in him? Now, some could say maybe you could put him on the practice roster, or excuse me, the practice squad going into the year if it sort of shakes out a certain way on the offensive line. But these are guys that, that, that will be in mind. I mean, Nick Kaiser is going to have to fight to stay on this roster, obviously mm. because they drafted at his position. Uh, Jody Forston has switched to that position. Blake Bell has returned, uh, yes. you know, for for that position as well. So, um, 
you know, I think the first five days of training camp are a dream. They're so amazing. <laughs> I, I can't tell you enough how much, how exciting it is, uh, especially after what we've all gone through um, in our lives uh, with this mm-hmm. pandemic. I mean, the, the first four or five days are going to be great, especially when you start to include the fans and season ticket members and all that. The, the the longer I do this, the the more admiration I have for Travis Kelsey still working somebody on day 12 when yes. he has no business <laughs> doing this. Like, sir, that man is trying to earn a practice squad roster. Right. Not you the 53. Put, what you doing And you just him? spun him around like if it was yeah. an episode of Looney Tunes, he would have dug into the core of the earth if it was a cartoon. Like, yeah, that th- is what he did to him. Yeah. This also gets happened. into the veteran thing. Yes, I know people will be interested in Tyron Matthew. Yeah, I, I wonder, was going to. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I wonder I where that's going to go. There are some parallels to the Chris Jones effect, but Chris Jones was nowhere nearly established mm. as Tyron Matthew is now, especially coming off two all-pro seasons. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> Chris Jones did not have that going into year four. But there are parallels where the Chiefs organization is sometimes like, hey, this is a contract. I don't know about the future. Let's see it shake out. Um, Tyron Matthews already motivated kids. And I don't care if it's day four, day 14, day eight. I'm just picking <laughs> random days. <That laughs> you went another F and there wasn't. I don't think there yeah, was one. Because that, 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 <laughs> there's only like 19 days of training camp. It's, I can't it's like remember. A, yeah, I was going to say three weeks, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So he's going to go hard regardless. And on top of this is, hey, man, they don't believe me the way I believe me. And that might yeah. not be true. It just may be contract related. And this is why contract negotiations are so grippling. I mean, we all just watched the finals, right? <laughs> no, we didn't. <laughs> we turned them off. Um, See how I brought it around, kids? He really did. Uh, well, I'm not going to let you into there. Some, I wanna... We all watched NBA Countdown, right? We all knew what was going on <laughs> on camera and off camera. We knew a lot. We, we knew, knew a lot, lot more than we usually Ladies and gentlemen, so hey, contract negotiations, they do not go. It's it's hard to go to have these things go smooth ever. And sometimes you can even tell Tyron Matthew that. And he's smart and intelligent and been through this enough to even know that. But sometimes they don't believe in me the way I believe in me. And right. that is how he's entering training camp this year. Uh, here, here's my very last request for you on, on Matthew, and then we can we can wrap things up. Um, do you have any different feel about the contract getting done or just sort of the timeline on it? And do you think it is a 100% guarantee that he is there for the first day of veterans reporting? Uh, I have been given nothing that suggests he won't be there. He going to be there. Um, <laughs> I think Tyron, there, there's something really special about him. Um, just from a professionalism standpoint, the idea of what he motivates. I mean, he knows he's the leader of the defense. Like he, he knows all the responsibilities that have been placed upon him. The moment he put pen to paper in 2019 during free agency, like he, he understood all that from the start. So I, I've, you know, I've obviously talked to some folks. I get the feeling that he's going to be there on time, by the way. Uh, I, I thought Chris Jones was 50, 50 in, tw- mm-hmm. in 2019. I was like, who we? What time is it? Yeah, he ain't coming. <laughs> and then he came, ladies and gentlemen. This man showed up at exactly two o'clock because the first team meeting was at two. It's at two fifteen. <laughs> like yeah. he literally was the last guy to show up. But hey, he fulfilled his obligations. I I think Tyron will do the same thing. Um, 
if you've been reading The Athletic, I've started saying right now in line with historical contracts and where he is in his career and what he's accomplished based on future performance and the projection of that three years at a $15 million average is Andy Reid, Clark Hunt, Brett Beach comfortable with that? Are you comfortable with that as a Chiefs fan? Just start asking yourself those questions. Um, does Tyron want three versus four? That could come into play too. Uh, how much of the money is guaranteed? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it a three-year deal that's really a two-year deal? Is it a four-year deal that's really a two-year deal? These are all questions you have to ask yourself. Um, and can he get to that $15 million per year annual threshold? Because I think that is the true demarker of like the elite guys get this at that position on defense. It's going to be super interesting. I, I agree 100%, by the way. that I would, I would be really surprised if he didn't show up. Um, just doesn't seem like the way he's trying to run this particular game and, and would be sort of jarring. It would, uh, but, it, would, it would be counterproductive, honestly. Yeah, that, I think you're right. Cause that's, that's part of the sales job there, right? Is like, Hey, I'm, you know, you're, you're partially paying me to be here and set the intensity every day or whatever. Maybe there's some 3d chess of like, look at what happens when I'm not there, but I, it would be, it would certainly be surprising Yeah. Uh, for, for more on that. As we do get to training camp, this will be the last show we do before camp does actually open. You can of course follow both of us on Twitter. Nate is at by Nate Taylor. I'm at JB Briscoe. He'll have great reports and observations from camp. I will have angsty tweets uh, throughout the NBA free agency period this year and the uh, NBA draft coming up and all of that. Uh, but also of course you should be reading everything that Nate puts out up on the athletic, um, especially over the course of camp. There was a, a good thing, a, a, a sort of team piece on the worst move everybody made during the offseason i'm not even going to say what yours was for the chiefs because i want people to go click it but i will tell you that i was very pleased to see that (laughs) thing that was highlighted there um also sort of surprised to see that there were 20 guys that are on a contract year for the chiefs this season and and you kind of went through and looked at what those guys could be bringing to the table plus uh uh, just went up uh, earlier today a great piece about bobby bell um and as the athletic goes through their nfl 100 project so you can go check out that uh, up on the athletic brand new today as well i think i've covered all of the bases so nate you can take us away from there yeah if you come to say joseph please come find us and say hello um i don't know what we'll be doing other than watching practice we may be talking to folks but this is my uh annual please come to say joe if you have the means and the time to do so if you're really invested in the team uh, if you've listened to Times Ours before, uh, just come up and say hi. One of us three will be there almost just about <laughs> every day. Uh, I'll be either in probably a, a Kansas City 1942 Monarchs ball cap, or I might throw in uh, a Therese Paler honored buckle, you know, sort of. I, I don't love the bucket hat, but he loved the bucket hat. So so maybe I'll maybe I'll throw that out there. Um, but please just come say hi. Uh you know, I'm always interested to talk to, to fans and what they are interested in learning and, and trying to figure out. And, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Because obviously uh, we can get our own mental bubbles and how we report these things or mm-hmm. um, what my eyes may see is different than your eyes. And um, I, I just the ability to see fans in person, the ability to interact with people after you know months of not doing so. I look forward to it. So. Um, we're going to be out there. We're going to be sweating. If you want a sweaty hug, come say hi. Hi.